it is paperback book day. Now, I don't believe that Dr. Seuss ever published a paperback because I just remember them being in hardcover. But one of my favorite Seuss books when I was a kid was the Lorax. And the Lorax speaks on behalf of the trees because they can't speak for themselves. So it's a book on, uh, you know, someone representing the voiceless. And that's what we're talking about in this segment. We're going to be joined by Camille Labchuk in a second. But let me just set it up before we get Camille on. Um, There is a case right now that is being decided. Um, It's... It was argued before Ontario Superior Court Justice Lauren Sosin last week, and it should be decided in the coming months. And it revolves around who should be allowed to speak on behalf of animals in court. You know, creatures that are voiceless, but need and deserve a chance to be defended. The case began earlier this year when a lawyer named Sandra Schnur filed a notice of application against five retail giants, including uh, the Home Depot, I believe, Walmart, Home Hardware, Canadian Tire, and Lowe's for selling glue traps. These are used to catch um, rodents and mice, and they basically are um, a trap that will lead to agonizing prolonged deaths. Basically, the animal gets stuck on the trap. They can't leave, so they starve to death. Or, in the case I saw, which was absolutely horrible, they will chew off limbs and drag themselves to die somewhere. It is horrible. I know that's graphic, but that is what um, she is fighting against. Now, the retailers, in turn, filed a motion to dismiss Schnur's complaint on the grounds that she didn't have standing to bring such a matter before the courts. Now, Schnur argued that the rules surrounding who has the right to speak on various legal issues have been relaxed and animal rights advocates should be permitted a voice in Canada's courtroom. Here to talk about what standing is and why this decision is so important for the voiceless, Camille Labchuk joins the show right now. Camille is an animal lawyer and executive director of Animal Justice. Welcome to the show, Camille. Good morning, Kelly. It's good to be here. Thanks for being here with me. So what is at stake with this Justice uh, Sosin uh, decision? Well, it's, it's an important decision. So the case, as you uh, accurately explained, is about whether glue traps are so cruel that they should be considered illegal and shouldn't be sold at these facilities. And lawyer Sandra Schnur has brought the case. She is seeking public interest standing to argue on behalf of the animals, and particularly the mice that are victims of these glue traps, that they are so cruel that they shouldn't be sold. So it, it's, it's important because... One of the major barriers that animals face getting help through our legal system is this idea that they don't have standing themselves in court. Now, that's just kind of something that we've all all accepted. There's never been a specific case that says animals don't have standing. But, you know, I digress. What's at issue in in this particular case is whether Sandra has public interest standing to bring that case on behalf of the mice. So, uh, you know, the idea of public interest standing is pretty well established in Canadian law. It essentially means that if there is a good and reasonable way of getting an issue before the court on behalf of, uh, you know, an entity or, you know, the environment or um, a marginalized group of people who maybe can't bring the case themselves, then someone else should be allowed to speak. So I can think of no other better case than animals who literally cannot bring these issues before court themselves. Now, retailers are very worried because they're worried about the uh, the right to enforce criminal law. And that, I guess, is where, uh, you know, OK, you can have your standing. But when we're talking about a criminal case, that's where things get a little bit terrifying. Right. So I imagine what they're saying in court, and I wasn't there myself mm-hmm. to see all the arguments, but I think that they're probably arguing that uh, criminal cases should be brought by prosecutors. 
and that a civil court isn't an appropriate way to decide if a criminal standard has been violated. So that's definitely a barrier in this case. Uh, this issue came up in another really prominent legal case a few years ago involving Lucy the Elephant in the Edmonton Zoo. She's being held in Edmonton in conditions that a lot of people, including myself, would say violate criminal and provincial animal protection laws. Uh, she's suffering from very serious foot problems, breathing problems. She's kept all by herself, which for very social elephants is torture. Uh, so that case kind of had a similar issue, and the court said you're not really supposed to bring a, a criminal uh, a case to, to say that a criminal standard is being violated in a civil court. But the question comes up, what happens when the government's not doing its job and prosecutors and police and whoever else just aren't enforcing the laws? If glue traps or keeping an elephant all by herself are, are so cruel that they violate the laws, but nobody will bring the case, then what are the elephants or the mice supposed to do? Has there been precedent set anywhere else in North America with a case like this? Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff happening right now. So I, I will say, first of all, that it, it's happened many times that animal protection groups have had public standing, um, public interest standing to bring cases to court. So, you know, that might be a case where an animal group goes and says, hey, the government was um, supposed to, you know, do these things for, for animals. There was a statute that says that they have to make endangered species laws, and they didn't do that, so the court should provide a remedy. And many of those cases have succeeded. Um, but this case is a little bit more novel. But I, what I can tell you about what is happening is that uh, there's a movement beginning to try to get animal interests heard in court more regularly. There's actually a group in the U.S. called the Non-Human Rights Project, which is uh, seeking a declaration in court that chimpanzees and now elephants, too, are legal persons. So that they're not things, they're not property, mm -hmm. but they're persons, and they should have standing to be in court and be released from imprisonment in places like roadside zoos or circuses. Yeah, and that will, the, you know, the I think that's part of the uh, problem, you know, is, is that people don't want to accept animals, uh, you know, on the same level as them. We, we've been so, uh, for so long, believed that we are at the top. And that everything is below us, that in order to, you know, give them standing, the chimps, uh, you know, it would be to put them on equal footing. And I guess that makes some people nervous. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, you know, the people arguing against these cases would say exactly that. But I think what um, really surprises people when they hear that animals are considered legal property and don't have rights of their own yet, including to go to court, they're surprised when they hear that corporations do have standing. Corporations are considered legal persons and have the right to go to court. So a lot of people think wow. that, and they, they, they hear that, and they think, why, why corporations, but not animals? So we're, out, we're, we're not up to speed with where we should be at, in your opinion. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. This whole idea that animals are nothing more than property and have no rights or interests of their own, I think is a very dated idea and doesn't really accord with how most of us think about animals. I mean, I don't know if you have pets, Kelly, but I've got a couple cats. Mm. Uh, you know, pretty much everyone I know has a cat or dog. No one thinks of their cat or dog in the same category as tables or chairs or a toaster. No, they're family members now. Uh, Camille, so a lot is riding on this uh, decision that will come down um, in, the, in the coming weeks, and hopefully uh, the judge takes into mind the, the fact that times have changed and we're moving forward. I appreciate your time today. So oh, it's good to be here. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for joining us. You know, one of the things that I can say, if you, I don't know if you've seen this video, it was, it was shared years ago and I just recently saw it um, somehow on one of my social media feeds, it came up again. And it is of this chimp who is, is uh, somewhere kept in captivity and they're dying. Like it, it's, it's really old. Like it has, its teeth are gone 
and it's refusing food and it's lying around. Is this ringing any bells? And it's, you know, lying on its side and it's, it's basically getting ready to die. And um, one of its um, old caretakers comes by to see it. And uh, it, it, it recognizes the caretaker and springs to life and reaches out and starts patting the caretaker. Have you seen that video? No, no. Google it. It will change your mind. You just think, wow, how can we not consider that somebody has to speak for the voiceless?